Microphone check, one, two, one, two, what is this? Welcome back to another episode of Isaac Podcast. We have a wild and entertaining Monday. We are coming back from a wild and entertaining Sunday and Saturday. Um, Very enjoyable Sunday of football to watch. Uh, a lot of good games. We had some rivalry. We had rivalries. We had some some division uh, headline games that was on. And um, I'm looking, and it was a lot of injuries. Of course, we saw a lot of marquee players, a lot of valuable players to those their teams go down and going to be missing significant amount of time. So it was just a lot to take in, but. Wow, we got a we we got a good pod. We have a good pod today. Um, a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, some injuries to talk about. Um, I told you guys when I made my AFC and NFC division predictions. I told you guys that I am allowed to one change, and I am going to make one change. And this change is due to Ben Roethlisberger uh, breaking news not too long ago. I've reported I've reported it on my social media pages that Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, quarterback of the Steelers, will have to have elbow surgery, and due to him having surgery, he will miss the remainder the remainder part of the season. He will not return. He's out for the season. And as you all know, I was very adamant about Pittsburgh being really good this year. Um, I thought they would be 10-6. and six. I thought this was the year where they finally were drama-free. Mike Tomlin get to focus on his young emerging defense. And I just thought it, Pittsburgh was going to get back to the postseason, playing postseason football. With this injury, um, of course, with Big Ben being out, you know, it's just the season's over. The Steelers season is over. And this is what I want to say. This, this, is what I wanna, this is what I want you to know. Because we're gonna, well, I'm gonna get to the Saints, but this is what I want to get with with the Steelers and and Ben Roethlisberger. This is where I want to get. Anytime you wanna you wanna know you wanna question value you wanna you wanna rate value. I got it right here. Anytime a marquee player or marquee person leaves a business or leaves a team. Or goes into a different direction, and that company or that team or that business that they left either decides to trend upward or trend downward. That is a great way to rate that player or that person that left that specific company or team or business. That is a perfect way to rate how valuable they are. And Pittsburgh was up. They were up against Seattle. They were they were winning. They were beating Seattle until Big Ben got hurt. When once Big Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, Steelers went. They went down. They went down. And I always say with LeBron, I always I know you guys, you I, I can't wait to talk about LeBron and basketball, but I know you guys are like, oh my God, here you go again with LeBron. LeBron, here it goes. LeBron is the most viable player in sports. You, you the NBA media told me, the media told me that Russell Westbrook was more viable to the Thunder than LeBron James was to the Cavs. Just was not true. We see it all the time when LeBron leaves. LeBron left Cleveland the first time. Cleveland never got back in playoff contention. They weren't even competitive most years. They weren't. They wasn't even competitive. They were the laughing stock of the NBA. LeBron leaves Miami. LeBron leaves Miami, and Miami. Can't win a playoff round. They can't seem to get to the playoffs without LeBron. LeBron leaves Cleveland again. Cleveland 
was terrible this year. You can always question or rate somebody's value, a player. Uh, this goes with player, person. You can always rate that person's value when they're missing or when they go out or when they exit the business or company or team and the team either goes upward or downward. You can all that is the perfect way to rate someone's value. Just like any business, any any business, just like any business. Fortune 500 Fortune 500 company so you at this tech company. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm um I'm into the techie and innovations and, 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 and you know the tech business. Say you, you know, put yourself in your shoes. Say you're just you're you're you are this high performing tech guy or tech girl. You're this high performing player within the technology game. And you know you you you're working, you're working. You know not a Fortune five hundred, not a Fortune five hundred company, but you're working in your local tech company, your little tech club. And you know promotion comes up, or there's another job in sight that you might take. And you know you decide to leave and part ways with your local tech club or company or business. You go back and say, huh? They look, they, they look back at you and say, yeah, that guy, that girl was pretty valuable because our sales have plummeted. We are not that innovative no more. Our creative thinking is gone away. We are not creative as we thought we were. So, you know, if you're at your job, you know, you take... you. you, you the unfortunate happens and you have to get on sick leave and you you know you get sick you get a cold you miss a week or two then you come back to the job that next week and like whew yeah we missed you you're valuable that means you are a valuable asset and you know the Steelers the Big Ben is rarely hurt he he's really hurt. He's a big he's a big guy, about 6'4", 240, 250. Big guy, really hurt. We haven't seen much. We haven't seen much of the, of the Steelers without Big Ben. But what I can tell you is, once Big Ben got hurt yesterday, that was a totally different game. And Mason Rudolph is not bad. Don't get me wrong. Mason Rudolph is not bad. But he's not Big Ben Roethlisberger. And in the AFC North, in the cold, as it gets colder, you know, later in October and on, from later October and on, that the winds get a little different. The wind, You know, it's a little bit harder to throw the ball into the wind. We'll see how I do. I, I, I just... I feel bad for Steelers. If you're still a fan, and you know, I feel bad for you. I'm I'm sorry, but the season is over, and now that I'm looking now that I'm looking at the AFC, and yeah, I know we're two weeks in, but you just have to admit it. You have to admit. You have to admit it. The AFC may be a wrap. We may already know, we may already have our AFC championship game. New England and Kansas City. Everybody else is just playing for third. I, 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 was a, I, I, like, I like Houston. I like Houston to start off the season. I thought with them adding Larry Matunso at left tackle, their defense is pretty solid. And then Deshaun Watson, he is growing as a quarterback in this league. And, of course, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who, who doesn't drop a pass. Yeah, I, you know, I, I liked Houston at first. But they struggle against Jacksonville. <laughs> they struggle against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville had a, uh, had a backup. 
Nick Munchen, Munchen, Munchen. That was the backup they almost lost to. Not so, uh, you know, Houston's, uh, the Chargers. I don't know what the hell that was. What the hell was that? <laughs> the Chargers, the Chargers, they, they lost Detroit. And I said they were going to struggle a little bit without Melvin Gordon and, and Darren James. But, damn, they, 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 they just said, hey, we're, we, we, we're going to fold this Sunday. We're going to fold this Sunday. I had the Chargers winning that game at least. The Ravens, I like them. I like what they look like. Um, Lamar Jackson has proved me wrong, and I'm not afraid to say that. I think he's done a very good job. Um, with I, who, John Harbaugh has done a very good job of developing his quarterback. He, I, I, I have nothing to say wrong about Lamar Jackson. He made that was the, the throw that he made yesterday to to uh, Hollywood Brown on the sideline. That was the best. That was the best throw he has made his entire NFL career. That is the best throw he's made his entire NFL career. But Baltimore, do I trust them? They played Miami and Miami team. That Miami team is probably the worst NFL. It is the it is the worst NFL team in the league, and it's probably the worst NFL team I have seen in a very long time. In a very long time, and it's absolutely pitiful that the performances they put on. That Miami team sucks. But do I trust Baltimore yet? I don't know. Week three, we'll see, though, because they have to play Kansas City. We'll see. And don't, and come on. I'm not, come on. Cleveland. I, I know everybody loves Cleveland, but come on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Cleveland, really? Uh, they got first year head coach, Freddie Kitchens. Odell, he's winning watches. Baker Mayfield is under duress. He was under duress every time he looked up. I know, you know, I know you guys are probably saying, oh, it's only week two. Well, yeah, it's only week two. And by week two, I can see who's going to make the AFC Championship game. Who are the best? Who, like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots are the absolute Best teams in the league. Top two. No question. They are the absolute best teams in football. Doesn't take rocket science. That's not rocket science. That's not rocket science. Just saying. Let's move on to the Saints. Um, Because I want to move on to... Well, no. Before I move on to to the Saints, I'm going to change my prediction from Pittsburgh going 10-6 to Baltimore going 10 and 6 and Baltimore winning the AFC North. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make that change right now. And that is my only that is my last and only change that I could make. You guys can hold me to that throughout the regular season. I told you guys when I did my predictions, I said I am allowed to one change and one or one modification. I said that and I said that because injuries like this happen. So my I'm going I'm making one modification. That is my last modification that I can make. Um, you guys can hold me to it. And I think the Ravens are going to win the AFC North, and they'll finish ten and six. Now on to the Saints. You Saints fans and the people that's been taken up for the Saints. Get out of here. And don't tell me. And I got I caught I caught some flack when I had the Saints. When I didn't have the Saints in my top ten, in my power rankings top ten. I caught a lot of flack. But now it's slapping y'all back in the face. Because look at this. I've been saying I've been preaching this. I've been preaching that this Saints team is not this offense, you know, specifically. It is, it's not explosive. It's not as explosive as it was the first 11 weeks of last year's regular season. It was not as explosive from, from that Dallas game to now, from yesterday 
against the Rams, the Saints offense, this is this is from dating back from last year against the Cowboys to this year, the Rams. The, the, the last game, the Rams, the Rams game that just took place in week two, yesterday. Points per game, 19.7. That's 22nd in the league. Total yards per game, 327. That's 19th in the league. Passing yards per game, 233. 19th in the league as well. And yards per play, 5.37. That's 20th in the league. So this, this offense, it's not good. It's not electrifying. It is average in some major statistical categories offensively. And I told you, you know, no, no, but you guys told me, you guys, I told you guys before the season started, I told you guys when I made my predictions, I told you guys last week when I did my top 10, Drew Brees, and I'm not, this is not, this is not me saying that, this is not me saying Drew Brees isn't a good quarterback anymore. This is not me saying this, but Drew Brees is not the same quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. They don't have any big play threats. The Saints don't have any big play threats. I, I, I look at the big difference from the Cowboys. Uh, you know, people wonder, well, oh, how is Dak doing so well? How was Dak doing this from the first? What was this at the first two years? Well, first, Dak is getting better. First, let's start right there. Dak is getting better as a quarterback, as he should going into his fourth season. He's getting better. And guess what? He actually has deep threats. Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup's hurt. Now he's gonna be he's gonna miss two to four weeks, but he's hurt. But Michael Gallup is a very good three deep threat, and he is making strides, and he's turn he's he's turning heads, he's turning heads every which way. Amari Cooper gets separation. He's also a good deep threat, and Randall Cobb is a good he's an upgrade from Cole Beasley in the slot. The Saints don't have any guys that's gonna beat you over the top. Michael Thomas is a possessional wide receiver. He's a guy that's going to move the chains. But a, but a guy that's going to take the top off the roof, speedy, they don't have that. That's why the Rams, I, I, I'm, skeptical, I'm skeptical of the money they paid him. But that's why the Rams overpaid Brandon Cooks. He can beat you over the top. The Chiefs, Kansas City, that's all they, can, that's all they do is beat you over the top. That's all they, they have nothing but guys that beat you over the top. Sammy Watkins, Travis Fre- Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They have nothing but deep vertical threats that can beat you over the top. And and, and New Orleans doesn't have that. They don't have a, they don't have that go-to tight end. They got Jared Cook. Jared Cook is fine. He's okay. But, you know, he, He's okay. That's the thing. That's my point. He's okay. They don't have a deep threat. They don't have a guy that can take the top off the defense. They don't have that guy. Philly has that guy in Deshaun. I mean Deshaun Jackson and Nelson Aguilar. They got those guys. You gotta have a deep threat. You you must have a deep threat. A deep threat. New England got two guys now. Antonio Brown, that can beat you over the top, and Josh Gordon. Boymore has that guy, and Hollywood Brown, he can beat you over the top. Speed kills. And this, this New Orleans, I've been making, I've been making this point about Drew Brees and this New Orleans Saints defense, I mean offense, for since the season ended. I've been making this argument. Drew Brees is not the same thrower of the football when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. Not saying that he's not accurate. I'm not saying that he's not a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that he isn't still elite. But, but, he doesn't have the same down the field precision throwing like like he used to. He don't. The, the ball doesn't have the same spin. Even yesterday, 
2-2 and outs and a turnover. The Saints offense was not clicking. It wasn't clicking. It was not clicking. It was not clicking. And I find that to be a very big problem. And that is why, mind you, that is why I had to, a lot of you guys looked at me crazy when I said 9 and 7. Yes, I said 9 and 7. And I'm sticking with that because they're going to be 9 and 7. I said I said that. And now and now with them being out 10 without with Drew Brees being out 6 weeks. I think I think Bridgewater, I think Teddy Bridgewater, he's going to win a few games. He's going to win a couple games. He's going to he's going to keep them above water, but 9 and 7 that seems very reasonable now, right? <laughs> right? It seems very reasonable now. Now I didn't know Drew Brees was going to get hurt, but it seems very reasonable, and the Saints were losing that game with Drew Brees and without him. And like I said, this weekend, I told you guys before Sunday, I said the Rams, are they were better in the NFC Championship game. They dominated the championship game. They had more sacks. They had more passing yards, more rushing yards. They controlled time of possession. They got, the, they got to the quarterback more. The Rams are just a better team than the Saints. You can try to you can try to throw in the refereeing. That 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 doesn't have nothing. That has nothing to do with nothing. You can throw in the the officiating. No, no. The, the Rams are just better. They're just better than the Saints. It's it's no way to put it. It's no it's no other way to put it. They are just better than the Saints. So I don't, and I don't think the Saints' season is over, uh, like, like the um, like the Steelers. I don't, I don't think their season is over because I, I like Bridgewater as a backup. You got some, you got some, some solid weapons still around him with Kamara and and Michael Thomas, and they play in the NFC South. So I'm sure they got a couple division games. They have about two division games. Within the six weeks, and they should be able to win one of those at least. And I think Bridgewater would do fine, you know, with six weeks. Now, if it was, if it was longer than six, I'm like, ah. But Drew Brees would be back at the like the nine or ten game mark where there's six or seven games left in the season. And I think I think Teddy Bridgewater would do enough to keep the Saints over 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 the water from drowning. But what can I say? What can I say? The the, the 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 Saints. I told you guys. I've been saying it for a long time. I've been saying it for a long time. The offense is not as explosive as it was the first eleven weeks of last year in the regular season. It it, it hasn't been explosive since. It hasn't been explosive since. I read you guys out the numbers. I read you guys out the numbers. 22nd in points, 19th, both 19th in total yards per game and 19th in passing yards per game and 20th in yards per, yards per play. Told you. I told you. I told you. You know, I, I, what can I say? You guys got mad at me when I, I didn't have the Saints in my in my power rankings. I I did not. I did not. Because Houston was the better team that night. If that play if that game was played in Houston, Houston would have won that game. Houston would have won that game if that play if that game was played in Houston. But it wasn't. It's fine. But the Saints, they're gonna struggle a little bit this year. And this NFC South I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it. I don't know. Okay, so I watched the Monday night game. Um, to, uh, and I was, like I told you guys the week before, I was um, upset. Well, I was a little disappointed and discouraged when I found out that Sam Darnold had mono. I was disappointed that he had mono. If you don't know what mono is, mono... Uh, it's like a fever, cold um, type thing, you know, 
but it could be really dangerous when you're playing a physical sport. Um, he actually Sam Donald could have been at risk of of dying uh, if he if he would have suffered hits in physical contact. So I was very disappointed that Sam Donald and they came the Jets came out and said Sam Donald had mono. He had mono and he couldn't play. And I told you guys that the Jets looking at their schedules, judging their schedule, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be a tough. Landing in the slide like throughout the season, without going throughout the first throughout the these few weeks where they they're not gonna have Sam Donald at all, and it also doesn't help that they miss seven other starters, notable starters like C.J. Mosley, their tight end that has a DUI. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell has some health scares, some injury scares. So, a lot, so New York going into this regular season. Going into week two, Monday Night Football against the Browns, shorthanded. And I knew, and what I saw from them, what I expected from them, on going on to their third quarterback, I didn't expect much, nothing much. Uh, you know, I, I thought they was going to score a little bit more, but Trevor Simeon, he had a, a, a real leg scare, uh, leg injury scare that looked scary. He had a leg injury that looked really scary in the second quarter uh, of last night's game. Then I took it into account. I took it into account that this this Kevin Folk he didn't even play a snap yet. So a lot going on. I thought they were going to score a little bit more, but they didn't. It's fine. I said they were going to lose this game, but what I did not also what I what what the Browns showed us last night was the Browns are not as good as people think or thought they were going to be. And once again, I told you guys this. Once again, I told you guys they are going to have a tough. They're going to have a tough few months, two months, few couple months in the regular in the NFL regular season. They're gonna struggle. They're gonna struggle, and the struggle. This is. I mean, the performance that I saw was horrible. Was horrible. And the Jets had more rushing yards than them. The Jets had the time of possession. They had as many first down conversions. The Jets. The Jets. They stayed. They were in this game until about the third quarter, where where they they where the, the Browns had finally got a stop, a fourth down stop in the red zone, but. The Jets were still in this game. This is still a winnable, or you know, a, a game that could have been that could have came down to a couple possessions late in the fourth quarter. But this game was very close until that fourth down stop by the by the Browns. This game was very close, and it just showed you. It took all of that. It took all of the the moving variables and factors and factors that didn't play. C.J. Mosley, Leonard Williams, the tight end, Sam Donald. It took all of that. Then the then the Jets happened to go to their third string quarterback to for the Browns to win. You know you you and please please with the Baker Mayfield hype. He looked and everybody said, "Oh my God, Baker Mayfield, twenty seven touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. He looked good. He looks great. He's this. He's that." And don't get me wrong. I, and I'm 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 gonna be honest. Baker coming out of Oklahoma, I wasn't big on him. Off the field issues, red flags for me. Uh, miniature guy, not not that you know, he doesn't have the measurables as far as the you know as far as the prototypical quarterback you know in your body in his body size. He's six feet, if that. Not real big hands, athleticism, uh, okay. Please stop calling this guy the next Brett Favre. Please stop calling this guy the next Brett Favre. Please, please stop doing that. He's not that. In his first two games of the NFL season this year, with the loaded roster and all the weapons that he has at his disposal, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham, and David Njoku, Baker Mayfield has two touchdowns, four interceptions, and guess what? He has a lower quarterback rating than Eli Manning. Eli Manning is getting benched. So he has two intercept two touchdowns. One four interceptions. Four interceptions in the first two games. And a lower Q 
QBR than Eli Manning. Mind you, Eli Manning is getting benched. Daniel Jones is now the Giants starter. I have more on that. But Daniel Jones is the Giants starter. And Baker Mayfield has a lower QBR than Eli Manning. Let that sink in. The Browns are not disciplined. They're, they're, they're undisciplined. They're, 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 they're not well coached. They are undisciplined. They look sloppy for most of this game. Jarvis Landry doesn't look interested in catching the ball. Odell Beckham had a good game, but he still has his antics. Dark visor and the watch. He, he, he's still having his antics. Brown's defense, Miles Garrett, he's a he's a great DN. He's a good DN. He's a phenomenal pass rusher. But he had four penalties last night, and he led the league in penalties for a defensive player all of last year. So that shows me he that, that coaching is the, the culture and the coaching within Cleveland is not where it should be at right now. And the things that actually matter in the NFL. Coaching the Browns, coaching Freddie Kitchens. He's he's below average. As of right now, he's below average. He's below average right now. He's below average. The offensive line, the Browns. Now everybody loved the offseason acquisitions that the Browns have made. They got faster. They got speed on the outside. They they, they bring in Kareem Hunt after he serves his suspension. They 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 talk about all the offseason and electrifying players that they have and acquired in the offseason, but they traded their second best offensive lineman. I always say you build from the inside out. Dallas is a, Dallas is a great example, and it shows you how you build your offense. You build from the inside out. Once you get the Dallas has Dallas has. Three Pro Bowl, they have three Pro Bowl linemen. Travis Frederick, Doug Martin, and Tyron Smith when he's healthy. Travis Frederick is probably the best, probably the best center in football. Zach Martin's probably the best right guard in football. And left tackle Tyron Smith, he's one of the best left tackles in football. Some might look at him when he was healthy as the best left tackle in football. They built from the inside out. Built the, they built their offensive line they, they, so they could protect Dak, the quarterback. Add Zeke, put Zeke behind that. Then they got the explosive down the field weapons. Gallup, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb. You see? The, Brown, the Browns traded away their second best offensive lineman. Baker Mayfield, week one against, against Tennessee, was under duress the entire game. Why is that? Oh, they traded their second best offensive lineman. You don't you you, you don't do that. So the Browns and in the linebacking core sucks. The the Browns linebacking core is suspect. I don't trust it. The linebacking core is it, is horrible. It's horrible. So what actually matters in NFL and what you need to win and what every just about what every good team have in the NFL is first coaching. The Browns have a they, the Browns have a below coaching, below average coach. They have a below average coach as of right now with Freddie Kitchens. He is below average. He has failed to make adjustments in the second half or adjustments. Period. He the, the, his team is not disciplined. The Browns lead the league in penalties. Miles Garrett leads the league in penalties for a defensive player and tacked on four more to that total last night. He has a lot of divas and egos to manage. With this Odell Beckham thing in the watch from last week, that's an, that's that was an example where he doesn't have control. He doesn't have full control of his locker room. Second, their offensive line. Their offensive line, it, 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 it's not that it's not good at all. Luckily, they have some talented backs behind that offensive line. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Luckily, they got some talented backs, but. That offense that they have behind them, I mean, that offensive line in front of them, it's not good. It's not good. Baker Mayfield, under duress every time he looks up, it is not good. 
It is not good. That offensive line is not good. And I was surprised that the Jets couldn't create more pressure. But once again, they didn't have Leonard Williams, one of their best, probably their best defensive linemen, wasn't there, absent, injured. And then the linebacking core, the Browns linebacking core, it's absolutely horrible. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Their, their linebacking core is not that good. So I'm looking at everything with the Browns, you know, with the Browns. I told y'all, though, everybody loved the Browns in the summertime. Everybody, June, July, and August, everybody loved the Browns. And look at this. Get this. Their next five games, next few games, combined record 10-0. Their opponent's combined record is 10-0. Combined record is 10-0. They got the Rams week three. Next, this week, they got the Rams Sunday Night Football, I think. Then they have the Ravens. Then they have the 49ers. Then they have the Seahawks. Then they get the bye. Then they have the Patriots. <laughs> this is a murderous row schedule. And, the, and you know how I said, oh, once November comes around and you, December comes around, you know, I told you guys the schedule would lighten up. Well, I, you know, the teams that I thought were going to be or that I thought that wasn't going to be good, turns out they're not as bad as I thought they would be, right? <laughs> Buffalo Bills, they're 2-0. They look like an 8-8 team. They look like they can go 8-8. Arizona Cardinals, they look interesting. <laughs> like the Browns, the Browns, I'm not even sure who they could beat at this point. Because look the way how they're looking, make Baker Mayfield, they they keep proclaiming him as the on ESPN and all the media writers. They they keep c- p- proclaiming he's the next Brett Favre, he's Brett Favre. The the guy hasn't won the, the guy has the guy won his first road game, his first road game outside of Ohio just last night and it came against a, wo- a a wounded Jets team a Jets team that don't that doesn't have nothing left he's just now getting his first road win only other road win that he has is is against Cincinnati he hasn't won a he hasn't won a game outside of Ohio until last night Please slow down on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I told you every week I'm gonna be coming on here and I'm gonna get on the Browns if they don't look apart. If they don't look the par. But I already told you guys what was gonna happen and how it was gonna happen. And so far, two weeks in, I look right. I look I look I look on point. I look on tack. And I, I as I expected, because I knew what I'm talking about. You know, I do some intensive research. I do some intentions, some intensive, you know, watching and analyzing. I watched the game last night. Odell Beckham had a really good game, very explosive. He started to be, they, the Browns really started to break away. But that that game shouldn't have been that close. It shouldn't have it shouldn't have took that long to break away from the Jets. That Jets team was horrible last night. That Jets team was horrible last night. And the fact that the Browns actually looked that bad last night against a bad Jets team is saying a lot. It's saying a lot. And, and you know, I'm going to recounter. I, I know yesterday I said Pittsburgh season is over. That, that it seems like Pittsburgh is... Pittsburgh believes and trusts Mason Rudolph. I don't now. I don't think the Steelers are going to win a division, and I don't think the Steelers are going to be like the playoff contenders as I thought they would be with Ben, ben with Ben Roethlisberger. But could they beat the Browns one time at, at Heinz Field? Very possible. Very well. That is very well an abs- That is very well a possibility that the Steelers can beat the Browns at Heinz Field. That is a possibility. So nothing is out the window. But I told you guys about this Browns team, and I told you guys about how they will start 
And I, I, I basically gave you, I gave you guys the layout on this Brown season. And looking at this schedule, I don't know if they're going to be able to make it out of October alive. Rams. You got you got to play Rams. That might be an L. Ravens. The Ravens are clicking right now. That might be another L. The 49ers. They look very explosive. The Seahawks. Russell Wilson. He looks really good right now. <laughs> the Patriots. That's an L. <laughs> that is that. Uh, so, like, for certain, I see about I see at least three losses out of the five out of the f- next five games. They're gonna lose to the Rams. And they're gonna lose to the Patriots for sure. They're gonna lose to the Rams and they're gonna lose to the Patriots without a, without a doubt. They're gonna lose to both of those teams. And I think out of one of these three teams, between the Ravens and Forty Nineers and Seahawks, one of those three teams will beat the Browns as well. So we're looking at one and four, two and four, two and five, two and five. Yikes! They won't win their division. They won't win their division. <laughs> That's one thing for, cer- for certain. They won't win their division. <laughs> but hey, I told you guys. But let's move on to Eli Manning of uh, the reports um breaking breaking news. I know some Giants fans, I know I know quite a few Giants fans. Like I like I like I told you guys. Most of my li- most some of my listeners, just about I would say half of my listeners are in that, are fans of NFC East teams. So they, they I have a lot of Eagles fans, I have a lot of Cowboy fans, I have a lot of Eagle um Giant fans and I got a lot of Redskins fans that listen to this podcast. And I, I try my best to talk about the NFC East as much as possible because I know my demographic is geared and it's geared towards the NFC East. And I'm looking at the move for the from the Giants. Uh it's about it's about damn time. <laughs> you draft the guy you drafted the guy 6 in the first round, some people, some most most people think you guys reach. Most fans, most media members thought that the Giants reach while when drafting Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones come out in the preseason looks pretty good, albeit it was against mostly second and third stringers. So be it. He played well. He did, he played well. But I'm looking at the move, and I'm like. This is a good move for all parties involved. Eli Manning, yeah, he gets benched, but Eli Manning should have been—he should have been benched years ago. I said Odell Beckham was Eli Manning's band-aid in New York. Oh, I've said that. I said that. I've said that. Eli Manning should have been benched years ago, like two, three years ago. <laughs> he should have been benched. So. Eli's benched. That gives him, you know, that gives him the time to mentor and help mentor and mature up, you know, Daniel Jones. Help him mature, Daniel Jones. Right? That 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 is going to be that's the that's that's a good way to end it instead of being traded to the the Dolphins or the Jacksonville Jaguars. For for a late six round pick, like that, that that's the way to do it. Daniel Jones, obviously, he gets to play. Obviously, he gets to play. He makes his first career start against the Bucks on Sunday. And then everybody, the fans, NFL people that watch the NFL, they're gonna tune into the Giants to see. What this Daniel Jones kid is about. And the Giants get to see. Can Daniel Jones play in this league? Because the Giants. Look at the Giants roster. Uh, offensively. 
defensively, they defensively they have a lot of gaps, obviously, with Dallas torching them for 35 and the Bills putting up 28. Obviously, they got some gaps and holes in the defense, but offensively, they spent a lot of money on their O line the last two years. They have Sa- they, he has Saquon behind them. He's a top he's a top three back in this league. Some would say the best back in this league, but he's a top three back in this league for sure. Evan Ingram is an emerging star at tight end. You got Sterling Shepard, who's not bad. And you get Golden Tate coming back. So he has some weapons to, to mess and play with to two, you know, to try out with throughout the season. He has he has some type of weaponry. It's not like Josh Rosen in Miami. Miami, Miami, Miami can't beat uh HD Woodson. <laughs> Miami can't be the high school team. Miami, Miami team is one of the worst NFL teams I have seen probably in my life. Probably in my life. This is probably the the Dolphins is probably the worst. This Dolphins team is probably the worst the worst team I ever seen in my entire life of watching of watching the NFL. They weren't as bad as the Browns team years ago. They weren't as, they, they, they 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 they're a little bit worse than that 0-16 Detroit team. I mean this Dolphin team has nothing. So, Dame Jones with the Giants, he's getting some comp- some some compliment weapons. He's getting some, some comparable weapons that can make some plays, especially Saquon and Elvin Ingram because those guys, those, Saquon is a star. He's a superstar. And, and, and Elvin Ingram, when healthy, he, he's turning into a, he's turning into an emerging star. He's an emerging star. He's, he's his stock is currently rising. So the Daniel Jones does have some weapons to play with, and the Giants actually get to see, and we actually get to see the fans and the media people, like myself. We get to we get to see can Daniel Jones really play and take the baton from Eli Manning? Can he really play? Can he really play in this league? I mean, yeah, he played good in preseason, but it's preseason. Can he play in this league? And I'm just glad that you don't have to, you know, I think Eli, he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot, but he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. But we don't want to see Eli keep getting beat and he, every other, every week he getting blown out. No, I don't, I don't want to see that. Because I didn't, to be honest, I told you guys when I made my picks, for my, when I made my pick with Buffalo Bills and the Giants last week, I said, yeah, I think the Bills are going to win, but I'm not going to watch that game. That game is not going to be worth watching. Now, uh, Giants and Bucks, the Buccaneers, they're not really exciting to watch. They play some good defense, but they're not really exciting to watch. And the Giants are the Giants. But now that Dave Jones was named the starter, I'm going to watch. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling this way. Now that Daniel Jones is the starter, they're going to watch. So the NFL wins. Eli wins. He don't have to keep taking these brutal losses. He can actually just help coach and, you know, coach up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones get the play. The Giants and the Giant fans and media love and media people get to see if Dame Jones is any good, or how good is he? And that will determine where the Giants go on from there. Because they got some good offensive pieces. I mean, their offense is not absolutely horrible. Like I said, it's not Miami. It's not Denver. It, 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 you know, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. They, got a, they spent a lot of money on their O-line. They have Saquon, one of the best backs in the league behind them. Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate, you get Golden Tate coming back. So you got some weapons to play with. Let's see what, let's see what Daniel Jones do. But good career for Eli Manning. Um, Eli Manning's two-time Super Bowl champion, you know, 16th year. Good for him. I just find it very interesting that the Giants, 
the, the Colts, they had no problem moving on with Peyton Manning. They said, hey, Peyton, we got Andrew Luck coming in the door. Adios. The Giants, they held on for dear life to Eli Manning. Eli Manning, he, he should have been benched or sidelined two, three years ago. <laughs> if you want me to be honest. So, good for Daniel Jones. Good for everybody. Everybody wins in this situation. Everybody wins. I'm good. I'm next segment, I'm going to bring you my top ten teams for going into week three. Okay, so okay, so I'm gonna give you my top ten teams going into week three. We do this every week. Uh, I pick my games every week, and then I, you know I come in the following week or Monday or Tuesday, and I give you and provide you with my top teams, my top ten teams. This is my this is like my power rankings. Um, so I went my record, my you know my game to game picking, you know. My record is 12 and 3 for week 1, 12 3 and 1 for week 1, and my week 2 record is 12 and 4. So that's a combined 24 7 and 1. So I'm 24 7 and 1 for my yearly picks so far. I'm doing a good job. If you want to win money and you know you need help in choosing and picking games, listen. I mean, you listen be be on the be on the lookout for that podcast early that episode Saturday night early Sunday morning where I give you my picks. I provide you guys with my picks. It's very accessible. <laughs> you, you just got to listen. Very accessible. You just got to listen. So now I'm going to provide you with my top 10 teams. Um I, I, I so this was a this is a head scratcher. And I was very disappointed. I was like looking at the score and I was looking at the recap. I was like, what the hell happened with the Chargers? But I'm going to have the Chargers at my, as my 10th team this week going into week three. I didn't, I, I, I did not, I didn't know what the hell that was against Detroit. I, I, I had no, I had no idea what was going on with the Lions. I mean, with the Chargers. I, I did say, but I, I mean, I'm not even mad at it because I did say, hey, the Chargers are going to struggle without Melvin Gordon and especially Darren James. I did say that, but I didn't see it coming this early. I didn't know what that was. I hope I don't see that. That 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 was bad. That was bad. And I would think I was thinking about putting the Bills in there and as the tenth team because I was like the Bills are two and zero. They won road. They won back to back road games, albeit be against the Jets and the Giants. But they won back-to-back road games. Their coaching staff is actually pretty good. They just don't get talked about a lot because it's the Bills, and the Bills not are not relevant. And Josh Allen is better than what I thought he'd be. And like I said, their coaching staff do a good job of putting him in good positions. So I was very hesitant in putting the Chargers at ten. I just went on and put them there because I think the Chargers are a better team than the Bills. But the Bills are two and zero, and the Bills are pretty good. They they'd be like eight and eight this year, actually. You know, since the Jets are since the Jets, you know, they're not gonna go. I don't think they're gonna go eight and eight this year with Sam Donald missing a lot of time. Uh, the Bills, somebody gotta go eight and eight. Somebody gotta go seven and nine. So the the Bills are that team. But the Chargers at ten. Bills and Chargers at ten. I don't know. Uh, Seattle at number nine. Uh. I was down on Seattle. I said Seattle's going to go 8-8 eight eight this year. I wasn't so sure about their defense. I wasn't so sure about their defense after week one because they gave up so many passing yards to Andy Dalton. They gave up the 418, 419. They gave up 400-plus yards to Andy Dalton. I was like, uh, they have to go on the road to see Big Ben. Big Ben is coming off a loss. I think he's going to go off. Uh, that didn't happen. Big Ben got hurt. Seattle controlled most of the game once they took the lead. They never looked back. Uh, it, it seems like Seattle, they're going back to their own formula. Run the football, playing great defense. They, they, they've been doing that. They got some good, they made some good stops on third and fourth down against the Steelers that's this Sunday uh, or this past Sunday. They did a good job. Um, they're, and they're starting off 2-0 and for the first time since their Super Bowl season. So, uh, be be on the lookout. Be careful. Be aware of the Seattle Seahawks. I was down on them at first. 
I I like what I see, and it's like they have a formula. They they're going back to the formula, running the football. You know, Pete Curl, you know, coaching up that defense, and then they like, hey, Russell Wilson, can you make something special happen for us uh, here and there? Can you do that? And he does it. So, <laughs> Seattle with number nine, the 49ers with number eight. I told you guys, I, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited because I told you guys the 49ers were going to double up their wins. I know a couple 49er fans, they was like, I told them that the 49ers are going to be a borderline playoff team. They're going to finish 9-7. and seven, And they were like, uh, I don't think so. Well, be on the lookout now. The, the, the 49ers are here and they are here to stay. Kyle Shanahan, he's a very innovative mind. Um, I, I still have my worries and my woes about about Jimmy Garoppolo and his health, but he is playing well. And guess what? The 49ers have won back-to-back road games. They didn't win no. They won zero road games last year. 49ers didn't win no road games. And guess what? As well, they're forcing turnovers. They had two forced turnovers last year. Two interceptions. They have four so far in the first two games. So they are they are eliminating their biggest problems. Um, they're doing a good job. Good, good for the San Francisco 49ers. I'm gl- I'm glad to see them transitioning and moving towards the right step. And I have them at nine and seven this year. I'm still confident with that. And they're starting off two and zero. They're doing a good job. 49ers at eight. At seven, the Eagles. Eagles, they suffered a loss. They'll be fine. Carson wins. I still have my, like I said, I still have my concerns about him. I can't, I can't keep saying that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC when the Rams and the Cowboys keep having performances like they do and performing like they do, like they have been doing the first two weeks. I can't keep saying that, so I'm not going to say it this week. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles at number seven. They have a lot of injuries at the wide receiver, at the wide receiver position. But I still trust them. They do a good job at stopping the run. And they do a good job at converting on third downs. So I'm glad with that. I'm happy with that. They have Doug Peterson. Great front office. I'm not worried about the Eagles. The Eagles will be fine. I think they'll make the playoffs either first. They, they, they either win the NFC East or finish second in the NFC East. But they're getting the playoffs. I think so. Eagles at seven. I told you guys the Packers. They're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, defensively, I told you guys, the young and reloaded defense, they did a good job of actually, for the first time in some years, I mean, I never, I mean, they haven't done this. And they haven't, the Packers haven't gone to free agency since acquiring Charles Woodson. But as far as I can remember, this is the first time in a long time that the Packers went out and acquired some talent from free, via free agency, and they've done a good job. They have hit on Preston Smith. Uh, they stole him from Washington. Uh, the Packers, like I said, the Packers defense is good, great. Rebuilt it there. They rebuilt and strengthened their linebacking core with a young, with a younger version of themselves. I like what I saw. I like what I see. Keep going in the right direction. The Packers at six. Ravens, five, and, and also the Packers, they'll find a groove offensively with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. They'll find their groove. But, but like I said, week eight, week nine, they'll find their groove. Uh, Ravens at five. I have the Ravens at five. I love what they are doing. Uh, I, I like the throws that Lamar Jackson is making. I was, I, that was another team. I was down on the Ravens, and I wasn't necessarily down because I said they were a good team, and I liked their roster. And I actually said if Lamar Jackson – is if he can prove to throw the ball down the field with some accuracy and he can make those tight windows. And in the situation, this was the situation that I basically explained while making my or predicting their record. This is the situation that I wanted. It was third, it was third, it was third and whatever. I forgot the, the exact yardage. But it was it was a third and long. And the Ravens could have elected to just run the ball, run the clock. And melt the clock, and you know, let the let the Cardinals get the ball back, or they can go for the first, they can throw the thing and, and go for the first down, and 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 seal the game. 
what do you know? Lo and behold, Lamar Jackson steps back and he throws it. He 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 slings it. He puts a nice dart right in right right in Hollywood Brown's arms. And that was the throw. That was the type of throw and situation that I was looking for for Lamar Jackson to do. Lord and behold, he threw that thing, and that thing was it was nice. He has a he has a he has a missile and he has a cannon. Never question his arm talent. I never question his arm strength. I just question his accuracy and him as a precision thrower of the football. But I like where I see from Baltimore. I always have said their defense is a Super Bowl playoff caliber defense. I just wondered and questioned what I got from Lamar. But I like what I see so far. The Cowboys at three. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. I skipped four. The Rams at four. Excuse me. I'm sorry. The Rams at four. I'm excited. The Rams at four. I told you guys the Rams are just straight up better than the Saints. You know, the Saints, the Saints, the Saints fans are killing me. They're killing me. The officials, the this, the that. They cost us the game. They cost us the game again. No, the hell they did not. No, they did not. The Rams are just better than you guys. The Rams are just better. They control time possession. They have more rushing yards. They have more passing yards. They have more sacks. The Rams are just better than the Saints. Get, the, the, get that through your head. Cooper Cup is obviously Jared Goff's go-to guy. He's Jared Goff's go-to guy. And I said this about them on the road last week with them being a good road team. The Rams are just a good team anywhere because they play well at home as well. <laughs> road, home, neutral site. The Rams play well. Um, they're, they're, they're good. They're, they're, they're my number four team. Uh, this top four, and mind you, this top four is undisputable. It can be flip-flopped between three and four. But I have the Cowboys at three. Cowboys at three. I love what I'm seeing. And the Cowboys, like, I, I know I, I mentioned the, 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 the Vikings having a lot of good B-plus players. And the Chargers having a, good, a lot of good B-plus players. But can you name another team that have as many elite players that the Cowboys have? They have an elite running back. They got probably three elite offensive linemen. They got an elite pass rusher. They have a they have they have two elite linebackers. They have an elite wide receiver. That's like nine elite receipt. That's like nine elite players. I don't the Patriots or the Patriots and the Chiefs can't say that. They have like nine elite players. Zeke, Vanderish, Jalen Smith, Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, the Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. Uh, Byron Jones, that's like players. They might have the most elite players. I just don't know how you're going to pay them all. But they, they have probably the most elite players in football. And they're doing a good job. Dak is clicking on all cylinders. I don't know why people are just afraid to give Dak his props and just to say that he's, he's, he's ascending and he's good. I don't know why people are afraid to do that. At two, the Chiefs. Uh... <laughs> It's no discussion. Patrick Mahomes, Patty Mahomes, whatever you want to call him, he's a star. He he's it. He's it. He's a superstar. He's a megastar. The guy can make every throw. He has Dan Marino mixed with Brett Favre in him. He he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. The, the, and get this. Look at this stat. The Chief, the Kansas City Chiefs, has scored twenty-five. They have scored twenty-five plus points in twenty-three straight games. They are explosive offensively. Uh, like I said, Andy Reid, even with Tyreek Hill being gone, Andy Reid still finds a way. He's very creative and deceptive. They still have a lot of weapons around him. The Chiefs are clicking offensively on all cylinders. They're good. And then one to cap it off, the Patriots. It's no argument. The Patriots are. They probably have. They they have the best defense in football. They, I told you guys, this is the best. This is the best New England. You thought New England was good defensively all these other years. This is the best New England defense I have seen in about ten years. This is about this. This is the best New England defense that Belichick has had in about ten years. Probably even more. It's probably the best defense defense that he's had since three P. Since, since since the since the Teddy Bruschi defenses. This defense is elite. And I don't even want to talk about their offense. The Patriots may the Patriots may 
They they may not lose a game, to be honest. <laughs> they may lose a they, they may lose a game or two because they I don't know. But the Patriots are crazy good. So that concludes my top ten. Um thank you guys for listening. This has been a good week. We're starting off the NFL season strong. A lot of injuries, a lot of notable and marquee players going down and changing and changing the fortunes of the uh, of you know of the season of their team season. A lot is going on. Jalen Ramsey went out. I don't know if you're noticing, but the NFL, the way how the NBA operates. With all the drama and all season drama out and star players wanting trades and teams tanking. Like, the NFL is slowly transitioning into that. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey wants out. Everybody wants out. They want to trade this, that. And free agency was crazy. We had some players moving tra- and traded. So, it, it's good. It's good. And we got off to a good start to the NFL season. I cannot wait. Um, We have a... We have a some nice we have some good weeks ahead of us i can't wait to see what them browns do the next five weeks are they gonna make it out of this murderous row we'll see but thank you guys for listening um this has been a great experience great experience i i i'm having fun doing this Every podcast, every episode, I'm having fun doing this. So just thank you guys for listening once again. Make sure you keep me in all your prayers. You're certainly in mine. Um, adios, amigos. It's been good. Uh, thank you guys for clicking. Keep clicking away. You guys are doing a good job on that as well. And I'm out. I'm out. Thank you.